Hello and welcome to episode 7 of our CFL podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Leach. Follow me on Twitter at aka Jimmy Leach. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TaylorCurrySK. And I'm Carter Kennington. You can follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington. Alright, so as usual, we're going to start with breaking down this past week of games. So we're going to talk about Hamilton versus Winnipeg, the tie cats between the Bombers, 33 to 14, uh, to 13, sorry. Um, for the Bombers, uh, does panic possibly set in and Strebler not being super productive? Does Winnipeg try to get a new QB before the trade deadline October 8th? Uh, I don't think so personally. Uh, I actually just heard on the sports cage the other day that they're happy with what they have in Strebler, and that's what they're going to roll with. So I really don't see it changing. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I also heard that they were really excited with um, Strebler and Maguire. So um, I don't think it's uh, – I think it's time for a little bit of panic, but, like, not enough to be, like, you know, changing uh, personnel, you know? Yeah, I, I'm not too worried. I think the Bombers are a better team with Strebler quarterback. I'm sorry, I'm sorry I believe that. I know some people hate that, but I believe it. Um, I agree. Do I think they make a move for another quarterback? It's a possibility. I think they might go for a more legit backup than Sean McGuire, who's really raw. Like, you could see them make a trade maybe for a guy like James Franklin, who's kind of being chopped around. But, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't see them replacing Strebler at all. Um... So, why did Strebler have a poor rushing game, do you guys think? He wasn't as productive as he typically is. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he only had eight carries for 46 yards. Usually he has a couple more yards than that. Uh, like, he, he didn't have his worst game, but uh, I think he played a really good defense. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, like, I was sat there in the stands watching this game live, and it was every time it was either a fake handoff or, a, uh, or an actual handoff to Harris. The defense just always knew they were never fooled once. And so I think, yeah, they're just playing a really good defense who really prepared for this type of an offense they were going to face. Fair enough. Yeah, I noticed that stat line. I was like, wait, Strebler threw for about 300 yards, but he only ran for like 40. Which well, usually eight. is, you know, around the other way. Usually he passes for like 150. It rushes well, 80 of those, 80 of those yards were in like the last dead drive, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly interesting. Um, yeah, it's good to hear that teams are starting to queue in on that. So, is Winnipeg's defense gassed? Uh, you know, you saw them earlier in the year. They were a lockdown defense, but they allowed three passing TDs to Chris Strebler. Or, not Strebler, sorry, Dane Evans. For- yeah, no, definitely. Um it seems like they let like they only let up nine points in the second half, but they're just they're not getting it done kind of how they used to. Like at the start of the year, you know, they were a, a huge threat, but now teams are finding ways to score on them. Yeah, it's showing shades of the real uh early twenty tens, I think, where it's just like you couldn't really they didn't know how to play four quarters all the way through, and it's scaring me that that's starting to come back, but uh, that's what I'm seeing right now. Yeah, they just need to get that fixed. I kind of agree. I think they're kind of phasing out a little bit towards the end of the year because even during Labor Day and Manager Bowl, you know, the Riders couldn't get much on the Bombers and even other teams. You know, they were, example, if you're playing fantasy, they were like a no-go because their defense would just shut down everybody. But Dane just put a nice game on them. So, yeah, maybe the Bombers' uh, defense is starting to slip a little bit. Yeah. And then an ad flip into the Tie Cats, can Braylon Addison become the number one receiver for Hamilton? Uh I think Brandon Banks will always be in his way unless they find a way to cut him. Uh, they just signed him this offseason to a two year deal. But uh he he's making quite a bit of money and you could probably get Addison for less and have him as your number one, but they have a pretty good stable with both of them, so I think that he'll stay the steady number two. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You can't really be number one in Hamilton right now. That spot's kind of locked in. It's kind of like, you know, 
if you're a running back and you're trying to be a starter, you don't go to Winnipeg because that's where Andrew Harris is, you know? So, yeah. yeah, it's like, I think Brandon Banks is that number one guy, but, you know, there's, you know, it takes a lot of receivers to have a football team. So, yeah, Addison's in a good situation. I agree with most of that. Uh, I think Addison could be the number one in terms of he's the most consistent receiver of the bunch. Is he better than that's Brandon fair. Banks? No, he's not. But is he more consistent than Brandon Banks? I think you could argue that. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it depends how you value that. But, yeah, they're a great one-two punch to have for any team, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. On to the second game of the week where Edmonton beat Ottawa in a fairly close game, 21-16. to So, guys, Ottawa was rotating quarterbacks throughout the game. So, primarily, it was Dom Davis. They were trying to find out who their starter is going to be moving forward. If you're Ottawa, which QB do you go with? Uh, personally, me, at this point, I'd be trying to Will Arndt. I mean, there there isn't a reason not to. You kind of know what Dominic Davis can do and Jonathan Jennings, and they're not really getting any better. So why not see what you have sitting on the bench? Like, you have nothing to lose at this point. Um, I mean, it all stems from, like, are they talking about this season or if they're talking about next season? Because if they're talking about this season, throw it in the trash, okay? Think about next season. Um, if you've already gotten past that, uh, yeah, I think Will Arndt's the best play, but, I mean, I, I think there's more upside to Jennings. So if you're, like, really trying to pick between those two, I'd go with Jennings. But, yeah, it's, it's time to give Arndt a shot because what's the worst that's going to happen, right? I think if you're looking at this season, you either have to give Arndt a shot or you have to get someone from free agency. Jennings or Davis will not cut it. They're both, sorry, but they're both bad for starters mm-hmm. and even backups pushing it for those guys right now. So for me, I'm probably looking at signing, you know, Brandon Bridge. It's probably better than both of those guys are even. Yeah. 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 Uh, I I personally wouldn't do it at the end of the season. Just the roll Drew with Willie, what you got. But the Drew Willie comeback story, I'm down for it. Yeah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> but I mean, if they really are trying to get some wins on the board, even to just save face as an organization this year, not even to make playoffs. Yeah, I think you have to go to free agency at this point. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so if Trevor Harris is out for the playoffs, you think they can go and win in Montreal, considering they're likely the crossover? Uh, I really don't think so. Uh, if, if Trevor Harris, oh wait, sorry. If Trevor Harris is out, yeah, yeah, I really don't think so. Um, like Logan Kilgore, he's playing not bad, but, uh, going into Montreal is a tough test. And then even if you walk out of that one, you're going into Hamilton and I think they'd get slaughtered there. So, and I, I mean, we'll see this week too, cause they play each other this week. So could be a preview. I mean, at the end of the day, you could just look at this score of this game, you know? They beat Ottawa by five. That's not the number that you want to hear when, you know, you're playing what is widely renowned as the worst team in the league. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think there's a chance for them to beat Montreal um, in their current state. They have to do better. Um, yeah, that's all I can say on that. Yeah, I, I, Logan Kilgore, he's a, serviceable, he's a serviceable quarterback right now, which... Honestly, that surprised me considering how poor he did when he did get time before. But, I mean, yeah, I don't think he's going to go into Montreal and beat a Vernon Adams team in Montreal that's just, they, they look like they're something. They're fun to watch. They're just, yeah. they're, a, they're a different team under Kahari Jones, and especially because they're going to be playing in the big <laughs> O in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that one's going to go to Montreal. Now, again, with QB trade rumors, um, does Edmonton make a move for a QB going into the playoffs at the trade deadline? Uh, I think, like, it depends if Trevor Harris is out for a while, then I think you are. Like, if he's out at least two playoff games, you have to find somebody just in case. But if he's going to be back for playoffs, I think they're fine how they are. Uh, who's their, uh, who's their third string? Like, who is now the second string for um, Edmonton? I can't remember his first name, but his, uh, last name's Resco. Oh, okay, so it's not, it's not someone who it's we're familiar with. It's not a known with. quantity, it's a, it's a wrong Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brisco, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, oh Jeremiah Briscoe, there you go. I yeah. don't know. I don't know how they feel about it. I mean, I I would go after another guy probably. I'd probably be willing to give up the most out of any team if Edmonton's trying to get James Franklin, probably. Yeah, get him back. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be the smartest move for them. And yeah, I also think it would work out for Toronto because Edmonton's probably going to be the team willing to give up the most. Um, so if they decide to make a move, I think that's what it should be. But it's it's hard to say. I would late into the season. Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely, that trade could work out really well with uh, Franklin going to Edmonton where he previously had his magic, you know, throwing 16 touchdowns to just two interceptions when he was with the Eskimos. Um, now, and then even with Toronto, there's some pieces there that I'd be interested in from Edmonton, mainly on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they have some nice linebackers that maybe you trade, you know, Edmonton might give up for Franklin. For example, mm. or even just to grab draft picks at this yeah. So on to the next game here. Um, Saskatchewan crushed the Argos in a result no one is shocked by. 41-16. to Now, guys, do you think the Argos have lost the room? Are they in it anymore this season? Or they did have the, has the team given up? Uh, I, I think it's, it's kind of up in the air, like, I think there's some of them are still trying, but it's it's just not showing. Like he only gave the ball to James Wilder seven times on the ground. He had forty two yards. Like I don't understand why they're not using him. And Chris Rainey had six carries. So uh, it's tough. I mean, you threw James Franklin in this week when McLeod was doing good. I know it's for trade value, as they say, but it just seems like somebody doesn't care on that team. Um. Yeah. I mean. It's it's hard to say with them. I mean, I feel like I say that a lot in this podcast. Uh, but I feel with uh, with Toronto that they're uh, they're just not good. I mean, as a professional athlete, you know whether you're you know if you're the Cleveland Browns when they were like when they had their awful season zero and sixteen. Like I'm sure they were trying to win even that zero and fifteen game because you know they're professionals. They're gonna do what they can to win regardless because it's just gonna look bad on your resume. But yeah, I mean, I just, I just don't think this team is very good. I don't either. Um, I think there's problems uh, with personnel. I think the coaching, coaching has been really poor. Um, just some of the decisions, like in that game, they were down by three scores at one point, three eight-point touchdowns, and they decide to go for a one-point extra point rather than eight. You know, like, yeah, what, are you, exactly. what are you doing? Like, at that point, the coach is kind of signaling the players. It's like, okay, we're out of this game. We're done. Which, I mean, no coach should be doing that. You play to win the game, you know? Uh, and clearly Toronto is not doing that right now. Um, speaking of Toronto, though, I just want to shoehorn this in here because I know it's not, like, scheduled here. Um, let's applaud them for, um, you know, an attendance of... 1,200 uh, 1, people, because that's somehow an 12, improvement. 12,000, 12, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, wow, yeah, but like that's somehow an improvement. Hey, I mean, 3,000 uh, Ryder fans showed up. There you go. That's what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, sounded there more, was, uh, 3, sounded more like fans. a Ryder game there than an Argo game. Fair enough, yeah. But, um, yeah, like, that fan, well, they had less than 10,000 last game, so I'm just happy they're mm-hmm. over 10,000 right now, because holy crap, you know? yeah. Not good times. Yeah, not definitely not the best times in Toronto. That sure isn't the team of the '90s that was selling out the then Skydome. Not even three years ago that won the Grey Cup. I mean, not the attendance, but their attendance wasn't terrible when they were at the Rogers Center. But it's taken a steep dive when they. Yeah. But okay, so now this has been a local debate in Ryderville for a while here. The arrival of JWL and both Kyron Moore and Manny Arsenault having good games this week. Uh, who would you guys sit? Uh, me personally, I think it's unfortunate he just had his best game as a rider, but uh, I'd be sitting Manny Arsenault. You got to see what Jordan Williams can bring to you uh, down this stretch here. 
And, uh, I mean, you're pretty consistent. Like Shaq Evans, Kyran, and Neiman all have 53 catches this year. So, like, they're going pretty consistent with those guys. So, I think Manny is the odd man out. Um, well, I mean, haven't they already haven't they already announced that? Taylor Shire did announce yeah, it yes, today. They, they yes, they have announced yeah, it, but I'm are... asking for your opinion. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, looking at these, yeah, I'd probably say Emmanuel Arsenal as well, just because, like, yeah, he had his best game, but, I mean, I'm looking at this, and his best game was sort of, like, just on par with what the other guys are having, you know? So you're not getting that usually. Yeah. So I think, yeah, Arsenal would just make the most sense. I kind of agree and... with that. I think it's going to be Manny, but I'm going to add on to this question a little bit more. Um, now, where does Lambert go? Does he go to that field side receiver that's where Manny currently is to sees three to five targets a game? Does he potentially move where Corey Watson is and you move the Canadian spot out to the field wide receiver? Or where do you put Jordan Williams Lambert in this rider offense? Uh, I think you're putting him right in where, uh, uh, sorry, where Manny was on the, on the out there. Uh, because I think, wasn't that where he played last year too? No, he played uh, where Corey Watson was last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I think he'll just take Manny's spot, but I can't get the idea out of my head that you uh, talked about, Jimmy, where they start Buka so you can have another American uh, receiver out there. I don't I don't know why they oh, don't. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I what what week that was idea. that? That was, uh, I've been floating like, that what episode for was a couple that? Weeks. Two weeks ago? A week or two ago. I've been floating that since Jordan Williams-Lambert came back. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, wasn't that wasn't um that would have been my I thought we talked about it on my first episode on. That would have been episode 3, I think. Yeah, maybe. I know we talked. It's like way back. You've definitely floated the idea before. I think it could work if you find a backup uh which I mean there's a couple that are floating around out there like you could probably sign a Camber's first name, but his last name is Wright. He's on the Winnipeg practice roster, I think. This is a second-round draft pick of Montreal just a year or two ago. He's a pretty good DB. I would um, start in the league a bit. So maybe you sign him as a backup, start Buka, and then there you go. You don't have to worry about, you know, what if Buka gets hurt? You have a, another corner who's playing the CFL. Yeah. And could go All-American, but it appears they don't want to do that. I know uh, Derek Taylor asked uh, Coach Craig Dickinson in an interview if they would be be willing to kind of flip the ratio a bit and he said that's not their priority right now they're just trying to get him in so I think Williams Lambert given his skill set probably goes where uh, Corey Watson has been which gets a lot more targets per game than the field side wide receiver hmm. and it becomes the tra- traditional Canadian spot it's been for most teams because Williams Lambert is one of your most talented receivers. Are you really going to put him in a spot that sees three to five targets per game, whereas yeah. another spot that probably sees five to seven, you know? And then Yeah, true. Yeah, that that's just my two cents, I think. That's where Jordan fits in. What about you, Carter? Yeah. Where would you put him? Um, I mean, I think just with everything else sort of being... Well, everything else is working, right? The only sort of bad part of that machine was Emmanuel Arsenal. So just for the sake of that and not messing anything up anywhere else, I think you just slot JWO right in where Arsenal was. Interesting. Alright. So, our last question here uh, for this game. What were your thoughts on James Franklin's performance? Did he look particularly bad to you guys? Was he serviceable? You know, what, it, what do you think? Uh, I, like... Uh... I would start McLeod over him uh, any day of the week, but I mean, he didn't have the worst game. He threw 70%, but he's not going to get you wins out there. That's the problem with him. One touchdown, two picks. I know one of them was at like the end of the first half, but he's, he's just not the guy to get you that win. And it's just showing, I think more and more each game. Uh, Yeah, he was, he was mediocre. I wouldn't say bad, but like he wasn't great by any means. Yeah, looking at his stats here, 70%, you know, that's pretty good. 208 yards, that's acceptable. Then it's the one touchdown to two interceptions. That's the real, you know, that's where it starts to get dragged down. I mean, along for 42, that's not, you know, that's not, not crazy. Like, it's not crazy, but it's not bad, you know? 
um yeah it's just it's yeah you know it's all it's all it is i think uh against a very good saskatchewan defense i think that's a fine game to have uh, a defense that's known for stumping a lot of good quarterbacks in this league um yeah, he was 70% for 208. He also had a rushing touchdown in there, too. Um, and I think, yeah, he has some trade viability. Uh, and that, I think, was their goal to kind of showcase that. So I think maybe, yeah, a team like Edmonton could pick him up. Or, I don't know, maybe Ottawa wants to, you know, do a sign-and-trade type of thing. Uh, it, it's scary, though. I mean, he's played in five games this year, and he has three touchdowns and five picks. So, not and he has seven hundred and ninety yards. So it, it's pretty risky picking him up. I think right now. Honestly, I would take him over Dom Davis. I, yeah, but I agree with that because Dom Davis is just—he looked terrible this week. Yeah. yeah. And keep in mind, four of those interceptions are against a very good Saskatchewan secondary. Ah, that's true. You no, know, he's thrown zero picks against Calgary, and one the other interception he had was against. So, I mean, yeah, he's making mistakes, but he's making mistakes against the best defenses that would really, you know, make most quarterbacks look bad. Like, I'd like to see him against uh, kind of a team with a lesser defense, like in Ottawa or a Montreal, just to see what he can do against kind of lower caliber defense. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see this week if he plays, because... Or next week, because they play BC this week and then Ottawa the next week, so. Yeah, absolutely. I would, uh, yeah, I hope he gets another shot. And again, you gotta keep those matchups in mind when looking at Franklin. Yeah. So, the last game of the week here, BC beat Montreal in a relatively close game uh, in Montreal, 25-3. to Now, how did uh, Matt Schultz look to you guys? Uh, Matt Schultz, uh, he didn't look too bad. I mean, he only had 178 yards, which isn't that good, but they handed it off a lot. Like, William Stanback had 150 yards, so, uh, I think he's an okay, uh, quarterback going down the stretch as a backup, but if, if by some reason Vernon Adams got hurt, uh, I think they could be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, he's a, he's a good backup player, but at the end of the day, he's just that. You're not going to get any prolonged success out of him. I mean, yeah. I'm inclined. Uh, 50, oh, Sorry, uh, go ahead. Say, go. Just gonna, just, I was just going to say that there's 52%, you know, um, accuracy on his passes. So, you know, nothing crazy. Nothing, you know. You know, about what you would expect from him. Yeah, that's true. I think he's a fine backup quarterback um, to roll with. I know Pipkin kind of looked... He looked good at the start of the year, but he looked really shaky when he came back in relief. Oh, yeah. Uh, so... Yeah. I think Matt Schiltz is a fine option for them to roll with right now. And one thing I'll say about Matt Schiltz, though, five carries for 62 yards. That's impressive. And a touchdown. Yep, and a TD. Yeah, he's certainly a good backup quarterback. Uh, Vernon Adams returns this week from his suspension, so always good for Montreal. Now, do you guys think there's a chance that BC still makes the playoffs? Because they've been getting on a bit of a run as of late. Uh... And Edmonton's been kind of slipping a little bit. Oh, I hope so. I mean, BC plays Toronto this week, so they could win another one. And Edmonton plays in Hamilton, so they could lose. Um, I, personally, I'd like to see BC make the playoffs, but I think their chances are slim. But it's the CFL. Anything can happen. Oh, their chances are absolutely slim. But that's what makes it great. And that's, I think, what makes all of us want to see it happen. I think everyone wants to see BC over Edmonton make the playoffs this year. Like it's it's a great story. I mean, I feel like people would just people would get mad if BC like imagine if they made it and won the cup, right? Oh my like, God. That would that would that'd be too much. <laughs> it could happen though. It's crazy that that could actually happen because Mike Riley, like the offensive line is working now. Mike Riley is doing his own thing again. And, like everything's just sort of everything's getting right for them, but is it too little, too late? If it isn't, then this team could actually be very dangerous. The BC offensive line has definitely put it together. They looked very good these past couple of games. Um, yeah, BC's getting hot. Um, so yeah, do I think they can make the playoffs? Yes. Do 
are there chances of slim though? Absolutely, but the way Edmonton is trending and the way BC is trending, uh, I think they could maybe play upset and steal, you know, that playoff series from Edmonton. Well, and here's the thing. I just kind of looked at the schedule here. So BC has to win their next, like their last four games. They can't lose one. And they play, they play Saskatchewan and Calgary, Toronto and Edmonton. So it it's going to be really tough for them. But, but like Edmonton has to lose the rest of their games too. So it, it's going to be really tough, but who knows? Yeah, it's, it's difficult to say, but I mean, in my opinion, if um, like I, because, you know, probably going to be, I believe it is pretty much guaranteed Montreal is, oh, well, they have to win one more, but the, if yeah, they but do win one more, it. they'll be second. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think BC has a better chance of beating Montreal than Edmonton does in that situation. Yeah, yeah good point. Honestly, definitely possible. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing that race between Edmonton and BC this late in the year. Yeah, no doubt. Mm -hmm. Now, there was a controversial play call during that game. Um, Montreal went for a touchdown rather than just taking points on a field goal, which I believe would have put them ahead in the game. Um, yeah. You guys think that was the right call to go for the touchdown? Or, yeah, go for the touchdown rather than just taking the uh, in if I was the coach, I would have just went for the field goal. They said they didn't want to give Mike Riley any time, and Harry Jones said after the game too he would have called the the, the run uh, any day of the week. So, uh, like yeah, I personally would have went for the field goal. I just I I trust that defense more than I trust that offense with Schultz starting rather than Vernon Adams. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what it really goes down to. It shows that like how much faith does Montreal have in their defense where they feel like oh we can't trust our defense to shut them down for how much time was left on the clock was it like a minute and a half somewhere there? Yeah, it was like, a minute 45 yeah so you're saying that you don't believe in your defense to lock them down for that long like for that short of a time I mean like really you take the points when you can get them you take the easy points it puts you up it wasn't even like a tie versus a win situation it was a win versus a win situation and you still threw it away Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree like, there. Yeah. If it was, if if uh, if BC or if BC was up by three, then it, I feel like it would be more justifiable, and people would be more willing to accept that that was the play call, because people would be like, "Oh, you know, we didn't want to go to overtime with them, blah blah blah." But like, you, you're gonna take the lead with the field goal. Just trust your team. Exactly. Yeah, I think you have to put your faith in your defense in that situation. Uh. Was that a third down call that they had, or was it? Um, it was. It was because yeah. they they only they didn't even need to score on that play because they were on like the two yard line. It was third and one. So even if yep. they made it to the one yard line, they would have gotten a first down. They didn't even do that. Yeah, and they fumbled off the snap. Yep, mm -hmm. Pifkin been up there on that one, but um, yep, yeah. I think if that if it's third and one, I get it. Um, but they didn't execute. So hindsight's twenty twenty there. Yeah. If I was yeah. the coach and it was third and one and you're on the two, I probably would have gone for it too, but hindsight's twenty twenty. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like we were never truly there, so like I don't know if it is clouding my judgment or what, so can't can't really say to that, but we know now that it was not the right choice. Yep. I don't blame him for making it. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Now, on to our fantasy segment here, where I have a list of players that are interested in fantasy. Do you guys tell me if uh, maybe I missed somebody or if there's somebody you would take off? So, on to value picks, we have Kenny Lawler, who is $3,084 in fantasy. Uh, Marcus Tucker of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who's just under 3400 and Chris Matthews, who is uh, just under $3,300 in fantasy for value picks. Now, guys, is there anyone that I missed there or anyone you would take off that list? Uh, I really don't think so. I think you did pretty good with that. Uh, the only other one I might add would be Mike Jones of Hamilton, but that's slim pickings right there because he's not putting up numbers, but... 
Uh, I think he did pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with the list. I think that's pretty good. Um, I really like, uh, you know, normally I'm sort of, I think I've questioned having Lawler on there a couple times. I'm going to take that back based off of what I'm seeing right here. Uh, 10 catches for 144 yards, and he's only, how much was he? Uh, 34, 84. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely worth it if you're trying to find someone who can still do damage for cheap. Certainly not a bad option, in my opinion. Strebler seems to like him. I think he's even leading the Bombers in receiving right now after that game, so... If you're strapped for cash, he's definitely not a bad option. Um, now we get into the absolute best uh, positional pick options for this week. So, at quarterback, we have Vernon Adams at $11,199. Uh, Mike Riley sitting around 9000 Dane Evans... Just under seventy five hundred, and Logan Kilgore at five thousand eight hundred seventy four dollars. Is there anyone you would add there, guys, or take off? Uh, the only one might be uh Cody Fajardo possibly adding. The last time they played Winnipeg in Regina, he had twelve points through the air, and he had uh well, he only had one point on the ground, but. Uh, I think it'll be a bounce-back game for him against Winnipeg, so that would be the only one I would add. Uh, yeah, I think the list is pretty good. Um, Yeah, I mean, and you already got the bit about Cody Fajardo, so yeah, yeah I agree with everything you got. Uh, yeah, that's true. The reason I didn't put Fajardo on, that, on this list is, again, because even though we talked about Winnipeg's uh, pass defense slipping, they're still really good. So I'm just... Uh-huh. I'm not 100% gun ho on pick a quarterback against Winnipeg's defense still. It'll, it'll, be, the, it'll be the battle of the bounce backs for uh, the Winnipeg defense and Cody Fajardo. Yeah, somewhat. Um, I'm definitely interested to see what happens there, but I'm just staying away because, again, these are like certain picks that are going to have 100% a good game, and I'm just not mm. sure about that with uh, Cody. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Now, with running backs, I have three options this week. You can have Andrew Anibal Karras at 10500 Come on, man. I'm oh, sorry. Man. You, know I had, you know I just left that into the podcast somewhere. Um, oh. And then William Stanback at just under 7500 And John White at under $7,300. Um, who would you guys uh, add there or take out? Uh, I personally have John White and Stanbeck in my lineup, but I also have uh, Tyrell Sutton. Now, he only had 2.5 yards on the ground, but he had 12 points uh, receiving because he got a touchdown. So uh, I think he's a safe pick, possibly, at 56-27, playing Edmonton's defense this week. Uh, I think he could do pretty good. Yeah, I've kind of done a similar route as you. I, I have Harris and Sutton as my uh, running backs for this game. Uh, yeah, I really like having Sutton there. I think he's a, I think he's a decent enough price for what you're going to get out of him. You know, and yeah. Fair enough. I have Stanback and John White again. They gave me a productive week last week. Um, as for Terrell Sutton, I'm still kind of gun shy about that uh, Hamilton run situation until they're a definitive back emerges or Sean Thomas Erlington comes off the injured group there. I'm staying away from Hamilton running backs. Fair enough. Yeah. Now, for wide receivers, there's a couple here. Uh, I got Braylon Addison at 9,900. Uh, Brian Burnham makes the list at 9,500. Eric Rogers at just over 8,000. Lamar Durant at 5,800, or just a little bit over that. Um, Roosevelt, Naaman Roosevelt at just over 5,600, and Tavon Smith at around 3,600. Any other receivers you guys would add? Uh, the one I have in my lineup, besides naming Roosevelt this week, is uh, Toronto's Amarty Edwards. Uh, hasn't mm. been doing the best as of late, but the last time they played BC, he had four catches for 90 yards and 13 fantasy points, so I think he could do the same or a little better this time. Is he your uh, is he your new Duran Carter? No, no, not yet. 
um yeah i I like the lineup man i really like having uh burnham my lineup but it's sort of getting uh getting a little scary in price Um, i'm gonna have to make a decision on that yeah i'm 100 with you there um i used to love braylon addison and i had him every week when he was six thousand dollars but now that he's up at 9900 i just i can't fit him in anymore so i'm going with Kind of Eric Rogers and Lamar Durant this week, and um, one of our value picks at receiver, probably Marcus Tucker. Mm. But oh yeah, and then question we all want to know, Taylor: Are you sticking with Deron Carter this week? Or are you jumping off the Carter oh. train? You know, he's not in my lineup at the moment, but I'm thinking I am actually, I might sub out Amarty Edwards for him this week just because oh they're playing God. Toronto in BC. So he should have a good game. I mean, even last game, Duran uh, didn't do too bad. 12 and a half points, so. Yeah, true. Um, now, for the team defense people, there isn't really a matchup to pick on that I saw this week. Um... I was thinking maybe the Calgary defense would probably be your best option, considering VA sometimes throws interceptions, but I don't know. Is there any defense you guys could justify this week? Because I really don't have any. Yeah, it, it's slim pickings this week. I mean, you could also go with uh, Hamilton's defense against Edmonton. They're in Hamilton, and uh, Kilgore has turned it over a couple times, so that would be the only other one I'd say. I mean, you could make a case for going with uh, going with BC. If they're starting if Toronto decides to start James Franklin again. Um, I could see picking BC, but I mean, yeah, it's it's really difficult this week because you know Winnipeg and Saskatchewan, both of them, no. Um, yeah, it's like you scroll down the list, and it's like just a lot of no's, and the, and the, for the rest of them, it's just like maybes. So there's a lot of fairly matched teams this week, which doesn't bode yeah. well for picking a fantasy defense. Um. Spend your money somewhere else. Exactly. You pointed out that Argo and BC game, which kind of fits into our narrative earlier that we wanted to see James Franklin against uh, a lesser tier defense. So I'd be curious to see how he does against BC. Yeah, he is three three touchdowns for five interceptions this year, but four of those picks are against the Riders, who are arguably the best defense. So, yeah, I I I wouldn't wouldn't pick a defense, but... Yeah, I wouldn't pick a defense, but I feel like that, for me, if I had to, that'd be the one that... Yeah, especially because they're cheap. Uh, that's kind of... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I- I'm staying away from defense, too, so I can't blame you there. Um, yeah, 100%. Now, moving on to our locks for this week. Um, my lock this week is Eric Rogers at 8,100. With uh, Reggie Bagleton out, he's the clear number one target in Calgary. And Montreal does tend to give up a lot of passing yards, so I could see him getting a lot of points this week. Yeah, I got uh, John White as my lock this week. Uh, he hasn't broken 100 yards the past, uh, well, looks like the past four weeks, but he's putting up like 13, 14, and 11 points. So uh, he he's my lock for this week. Uh, with them playing Toronto in BC, he should do pretty well. Uh yeah, I'm going with Andrew Harris because I think it's uh I think it's a bounce back week specifically for him. I don't know about the rest of the team, but I think he's going to do really well against Saskatchewan just because in both games the Labor Day and Banjo, um, the good old Guelph Gazelle had his own uh pretty good games against uh, Saskatchewan. So, and I mean you know all respect to him, but not Andrew Harris. So we'll see. You know I think uh, I think Harris will be having a better game. The Guelph Gazelle. I like that name for Johnny Augustine. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter once, and I was, I really stuck with me. I like the double G's. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. So this week in news, two players have been rolled out, uh, ruled out for the rest of the season. Matt Nichols officially has been ruled out, along with Stampeders receiver Markeith Ambles. The Rough Riders, Ticats, Stampeders, and Bombers have all clinched a playoff spot. Congratulations to those teams. Calgary signed former Bomber running back uh, Timothy Flanders to their practice roster, as well as veteran linebacker Marcus Ball. The Riders also made some additional moves, signing Devin Johnson, Neglist player Sterling Shippey, and Atlee Simon, the U of R Ram. 
And there's another signing. I believe it was Edmonton who signed Danny Vanderford. Correct, James? Yes, sir. They did indeed sign these gentlemen. And as you know, James is our draft expert on all things CFL prospects. So I brought him on to talk about specifically Danny Vandervoort and Atlee Simon. Now, I have a question about Vandervoort. He was, I believe, the third overall pick in the draft not too long ago. He was predicted to be the next Andy Fantuz. How come he didn't turn out? Okay. Well, I think there's many things. Uh, well, first off, I think, well, the CFL draft is always hit or miss, you know. Every year there's first-round picks that never make rosters. Um, I think it has to go with evaluating them because a lot of guys may dominate at the U sports level, but it doesn't translate to CFL because the competition is a lot higher because there's a lot better athletes in playing U sports, I'll tell you that, obviously. And uh, I think it also has to do with there's an abundance of Canadian receivers that are very talented out there. Yeah, that's all true. So, th that all being said, do you think uh, Vandervoort can turn it around with Edmonton? I, I think it's his second chance, uh, but I suppose it's his last chance as well, because in BC, he was there for two years, only recorded a reception for 25 yards, and he's been pretty unimpressive. As a first-round pick, you, you sometimes you don't expect them to make an impact immediately, but... The fact that he did absolutely nothing for two years is kind of shocking, and uh, yeah, he it's it's coming. Gosh, sorry, how should I put it? His it's coming soon. The end, I think, because he's twenty five years old, and if he's he's got to hit his stride soon, or else he's done. Because he's get he's not he's not old, but he's getting up there in age, so to speak. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now, let's move on to Atlee Simon. Uh, this guy is a dual threat back and holds most of the of our rushing records, surpassing Neil Hughes in everything except total yardage. Now, obviously Neil Hughes turned out to be pretty successful. Uh, do you think Atlee can stick around in the CFL, or do you think he's just maybe a teams guy or a practice roster guy right now? I think it depends. Um, he was very good in college. He was an absolute stud, but it it depends. I know I said Vandervoort, uh, he's older or whatever, and he needs to develop. But he's a th he's a first round pick. Simon, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, was a six round pick. Yep. So those are if you're six round pick, you don't expect much of the guy. You expect him to be a developmental guy, your team's guy. You expect it to take some time, and also a lot of it has to do with the system. I think. Yeah, Saskatchewan could be good for him, but I'm not entirely sure because he's only had such a small sample size. But I find with most teams now, they're going running back by committee where they have a rotation of backs rather than just one uh, bell, uh, bell cow, so to speak. Like, how many teams have just a running back that's the guy? I suppose only really Winnipeg does, but I could see him making the rotation possibly next year, depending how. Uh, the rest of the season goes as well as next year's preseason and offseason go. I would agree with that. And I know when he was in Calgary, there was some talk about converting him to a receiver. Because like I said, he's a very good dual threat back. So maybe that's another alley for him to make it into the league. Yeah, possibly, possibly. But I I see him sticking at running back. You know, he's not very heavy. He's, not, he's only 5'10", but I suppose height doesn't matter as much in the CFL. But I feel like he's a, he's a real speed speedy back who's very shifty, and uh, I I think he should just stick at running back. That's his bread and butter. The CFL is kind of tough to switch positions. It's very rare that that works out. Yeah, fair enough. Well, hopefully both these guys can find their stride eventually. Yeah, for sure. All right, so now on to our game day questions. This is our new segment we introduced last show where. We look at the upcoming games this week, and we ask one question that we think is the most important to that game. Now, for Edmonton versus Hamilton, 
Which quarterback do you guys think has a better game, Logan Kilgore or Dane Evans? Uh, I think Dane Evans. They're in Hamilton, and uh, I just think he's going to perform really well this week against Edmonton. Uh, yeah, I mean, all all the stories, all the stories that we get are like you know Dane Evans exceeding expectations, while Logan Kilgore is just sort of meeting expectations. So yeah, I mean, it'd be a fool to say that Kilgore would have a better game than Dane Evans. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think Dane's definitely the going to have the better game of the two quarterbacks, and I think probably getting the two. Now on to Calgary versus Montreal. Can big play VA make up for the lost time last week and get the team a tough win? Um, I think they can pull it off again against Calgary. Uh, they're in Montreal this time. Uh, they've only lost twice at home this year, so I think they'll keep it up, and uh, yeah, I think they get the win. Uh, it's hard. It's, this, is a, this is a tough game. This was honestly my hardest game to pick a winner for. Um, I mean, I think, I think it's going to be close. I think Vernon Adams is going to show against Calgary why he is, you know, in the MOP talks, and I think he's going to do really well. But I think Calgary edges out the game. Now, this is a Calgary squad that nearly lost to Hamilton. needed a blocked field goal from Trey Roberson, I believe win that game so and Montreal in my opinion is a better team so I think Montreal playing at home I think VA can snag a win here sort of like how they beat Winnipeg it might be a bit of a a bit of it could be a shootout game but it's definitely along with the Winnipeg versus Saskatchewan game I'd I'd 100% believe it I'd believe it but I'm not putting money on it yeah like I wouldn't put money on this game or that game um it's really tough to call, but I think VA can pull the win out here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, for Winnipeg versus Saskatchewan, can the Riders uh, stop Strebler in the in, in the run? Uh, I think so. I think they kind of, like, teams are getting more film on him now, so they know what he's about and kind of how he runs. Uh, he, he doesn't do too many quarterback draws. He does scramble, but, uh, yeah, I think I think they can contain him now. Um, I think that if Strevler's going to be the way that we the way that we expect him to be, he needs to establish a passing game early. Uh, if he doesn't do that and he just tries to hand it off or do those scrambles, then yeah, he's it's going to be a rough night for Winnipeg fans. Yeah, I think the Riders. Uh, I mean, if Hamilton can do it, or um, yeah, I think it was Hamilton they were playing last week. Uh, certainly, the Riders' defense can. I think stop Strebler's run game. Um, do I think they're going to shut that team down entirely? No. Um, but certainly, I think Strebler might have to beat them with his arm, which I don't think he can do. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. so for Toronto versus BC, do you guys think the Argos will go back to McLeod Bethel-Thompson, or do you think they're going to roll James Franklin out for one more game to try and Maybe increases trade value. I I really hope they don't, but something's telling me that they're going to. Uh, McLeod gives you a better chance to win every week over James Franklin, and if you're really contemplating, like, why not just give uh, O'Connor some playing time in the second half or something too? If you're, you know, if you're trying to find something. Yeah, um, I mean, is McLeod Bethel Thompson is he a free agent this year or is he still in? Uh, like, he his contract's in? up. Yep. Okay, um, I mean, maybe they're doing the 200 IQ big brain play of not showing uh, Bethel Thompson off anymore and saying, like, this is our little hidden gem, so that way nobody else wants to spend money on him. Um, Good point. But, Actually. I mean, I doubt that. I doubt that because of how, like, like how much we've already seen of him. We all know, cat's out of the bag, he's a good, like, he's a good quarterback. But, yeah, I mean, should they have, should they have Franklin out? No. Will they? Probably. Yeah, for me, I actually want them to roll out for uh, Franklin because, like I said, I'm curious to see how he'll do against a lesser tier defense. Uh, yeah, he he had a decent game against Saskatchewan. It wasn't great, but you know, it it was fine. I thought. Um, but even against Calgary, he put up decent numbers. So I wouldn't mind seeing him against BC to see if maybe he can put up, you know, 250 yards and a couple touchdowns or something like that, and then. 
deal him on the deadline on October eighth, or you know, I think that's yeah. definitely a a move they could make, and it's one that as a James Franklin supporter that I would like to honestly see because if he can't do it against BC, I don't know if he can do it at all. Yeah, exactly. All right, so on to our final segment here, which is predictions. Um, I have. For this week, I have Hamilton beating Edmonton, Calgary beating Montreal. So I kind of said VA could pull out a win there. I think it's a toss-up, but Calgary's still the gold standard, and I'm going to pick Calgary till they give me a reason not to. Um, Saskatchewan's at home, so I think they beat Winnipeg, um, and I think BC comes out on top against Toronto. Yeah, our predictions are looking fairly similar. I have Hamilton over Edmonton. Uh, I'm picking Montreal over Calgary. I just think uh, they can do it again. Uh, Saskatchewan over Winnipeg and BC over Toronto. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all sort of, you know, we all agree on three of them. I'm going Hamilton. I'm thinking Calgary takes it. I th- it it's, it's a toss-up. We've all said that. You know, it's the closest game, I think. Um, I'm picking Sask because I don't trust Winnipeg anymore. They have to show me that they still know how to win before I'll choose them again. And then I think BC will win this week. Yeah, I think, yeah, Carter and I have the same picks here. Uh, so yeah. We'll see what happens on this week because there's two toss-up games, so it'll be interesting to see if there's an upset. Um, that concludes our show for this week. You can find the True North CFL podcast on YouTube spotify and soundcloud just search true north cfl podcast and you can find us on twitter our at is true north cfl pod and you can find our instagram again just search true north cfl podcast and that's everything guys um hope you guys have a wonderful week this is the true north cfl podcast signing off